0: official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam
1: Sank! Bottom.
0: Yes, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new show. If you're listening live at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, August 21st, 2021 at dnrstudios.com the only place to hear this podcast live and throughout the way that it first airs. And don't forget to download the new DNR Cast app. Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this bullshit. Email me, me, at, Adam at adamsank.com. Call us anytime at 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. Leave us a voicemail, even when we're not on the air. Um, I'm trying to get this my little bell app up here. Here we go. Um, What else? Follow the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Oh, this is important. Get all of your official ass merchandise at AdamSank.com, including your Demon Twink merchandise, which is selling like hotcakes. Uh, Also with us behind the scenes today, but sadly not joining in on the conversation, is our producer, the queen of fuckery, J.B. Bursi, and our guest today is my good friend Ryan Shores. Hilarious comedian from San Diego who has a harrowing tale to tell about his tenant from hell It is quite a story, but before we do anything else it is time to introduce My co-host my partner in crime the Prince of Pigs live from Bedford Stuyvesant, Brooklyn Ryan Frostig ladies and gentlemen hello, hello,
1: hello. Ryan
0: Ryan, how are you?
1: I'm fabulous. I'm um, a little triggered because the last time we uh, podcasted remotely uh, was a time where I was just laying on my bed like a corpse, stoned, uh, just feeling so much dread. Um, and then uh, here we are doing it again, but uh, under much different circumstances.
0: And now you're lying on your bed, stoned like a corpse, but feeling joyous.
1: I am actually sitting upright oh. in the study, still stoned, but not like a corpse. I'm I'm, I'm feeling very lively on this Thursday night.
0: So I'm um, also, I am also I'm also stoned by accident. Oops. <laughs> first of all, we haven't even explained to the listeners why we are not in the studio. I know. Um, so right, let's get into that first. Let me. Let's get into that first. So, listeners, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> I have to apologize to you all because this should have been live. We should have been in studio. Ryan should have been next to me the whole nine yards. But then my boyfriend, and yes, he is my boyfriend now. We made it Whoa. Facebook official. Um, he invited me breaking to. News. Yeah, it is breaking news. He, His name is Patrick, y'all. And that's all you're getting. Uh, Patrick invited me to join him and his friends, another couple in Provincetown, Massachusetts, this coming weekend. Which is um, the uh, what is it? The 20th, 21st, and 22nd. So that meant for me to go, I had to cancel my recording session. Basically, I chose him over you, is what I'm telling you. I chose Dick over listeners. And but the listeners wouldn't expect anything less. So it's I mean, they old. shouldn't after all these years. So as a result, um, we are we are, we are jerry rigging this. I'm pretty sure that's offensive to someone, but I can't remember who. <laughs> uh, oh, to Germans, I think. I think oh, Germans man, are jerrys, but anyway, we're we're we've 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 rigged this up uh, like we did during the podcast. The audio quality is not good, but. Um, but we're going to do our best. The Ryan uh, Shores interview is already taped, and so JB will be tacking that on this first part. This whole thing is being put together with scotch tape. But um, we are going to try to carry on as normally as we normally do. And uh, let's start with recommended viewing. And uh, Ryan, you go first.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you for letting me go first. I'm so excited to share my recommended viewing. Um, I really... Strongly recommend White Lotus, which is a limited series on HBO Max. It is probably one of the best television shows I've ever seen. Wow. Um I had heard a lot of hype around it, and I the cast is spectacular. It's Jennifer Coolidge. It's um, oh, God, what's his name from looking? The really hot Australian guy. Murray Bartlett. He's in it. Molly Shannon's in it. It's just like uh, an incre- Connie Britton. It's oh, my God, incredible. I love her. I mean, it's, it's an all-star cast, and it is just one of those, like, perfect shows where the writing, the acting, the directing the scoring everything just is perfect like it just feels like a a masterpiece of
0: television well i will tell you Um, that i've heard this same thing from many many people and wouldn't you know it i just canceled hbo max a few weeks ago so i cannot watch this
1: that was dumb of you i know i don't know why you did that because my my
0: cable bill was going up and i already pay so i pay like 130 dollars a month for fucking cable
1: i hear you no i absolutely hear you and it's, it's crazy because like we also have cable and we have like the 10 different streaming you know
0: right networks. me too
1: so it's, it's a, lot. That's a lot i will say but i will say that hbo in particular has really like ever since they launched max which is not a great app per se there's always like like glitches and issues but the content is really good
0: they've stepped up their pussy
1: they really have. I mean, they've always been known for, like, great television. But, but yeah, like, I, I, I'm going to give you my login because you need to see this.
0: I think you I may have you given Connie it versus. to me at one point and I, but I lost it. So, yeah, send it to me again. I will just
1: say this. I will just say this. I don't want to give anything away. Like, I literally won't even tell you the premise. I just, if you want to see a great television show, watch White Lotus. Jennifer Coolidge, this is
0: her year. This is her moment. This is like Okay, we got it. You love the show. Okay. I love all those yes. people, too. I opened for Great. Jennifer Coolidge once, so she, I'm a right. huge fan. I mean, she's on our soundboard. Hello. Shut up, Khan. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm going to... Thank you, Ryan. I'm going to briefly recommend uh, something I can't believe I'm recommending. It's called Lady Boss, the Jackie Collins story on Netflix. Um, I don't know how I stumbled across this one night, but I thought I would watch five minutes of it and then get bored, and I was engrossed. It is the story of romance novelist Jackie Collins, sister of Joan Collins. Um, She had a fascinating and somewhat tragic life. And uh, just watch it. You'll really, really enjoy it. I am shocked how much I enjoyed it. I never gave a shit about Jackie Collins, but now I do.
1: No, wait. Jackie was the writer? Yes, Jackie
0: was one of the most successful novelists of all time. She wrote trashy Women's fiction that um, was very sexual and was her, the critics hated her. They savaged her, but she was one of the right. best selling authors ever and she revolutionized sort of the women's um, publishing business, especially when it came to sex. She wrote yeah, a. There
1: would be no, uh, uh, what's that book? Gray. Uh, what? Fifty Shades of Gray.
0: Oh, abs- abs- absolutely, absolutely. Joan Collins. The, Jackie Collins, correct. Jackie, Jackie. Um, so, and she was just like a fascinating woman, as is Joan. Joan is in the documentary. She's still living. She's fucking 88, and she does her interviews from, like, in a chair 50 feet from the camera. It was clearly in her contract, <laughs> like, you may not get closer than 50 feet when you record me. But from That's that distance, wing. she looks great. Um. Okay, so let's get into it. First of all, the reason I'm accidentally stoned is because around 5 o'clock, I got back from the gym. I thought, I don't have to work tomorrow. All my obligations for the day are done. I'm just going to take a toke of my MedMen vape pen. And then as soon as I did, I was like, oh, shit, I have to go live with Ryan, live to tape anyway at uh, 7 so just so just to peel back the curtain a little more listeners ryan and i are recording this on thursday august 19th uh in the evening uh, but you're not hearing it till saturday so okay i'm gonna try to get through this the best i can i apologize for everything you're doing great sweetie. i'm a mess
1: you really are you really are
0: Thank you. So okay. So far
1: we've been putting up, we've done a great
0: show. So far this past 9 minutes and 18 seconds that we haven't <laughs> mentioned a single news story has been great. Okay, here uh, we go. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Not only did I fuck over the listeners by staying at, by going to Provincetown, but I did it on our 200th episode. <laughs> Yes, JB, you play that trumpet fanfare because this is it, Ryan. I can't
1: believe it. 200
0: 200 original hours. That doesn't include any of the best of shows, any of the lost ass shows. It's just original episodes. 200.
1: It's pretty remarkable, and listeners probably know this, but really should know I mean, of course, JB does a lot of work, but you you have kept this podcast alive and thriving.
0: By, by the skin of my teeth.
1: Yeah, but, you know, like, there are a lot of people out there that, that start podcasts and then they do, like, you know, 10, 15 episodes, and then they stop. Exactly. Like, I, the fact that you have uh, kept this going, and I know how important this pod has been for you, especially, like, post-comedy because this is this is your this is outlet, how this is know? how I
0: meet my public.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> it's just it's such an honor for me to be a part of this journey. I can't tell um, if you're I,
0: being serious right now or being no, shady. No, I
1: am. I'm just stoned. No, I'm. am truly. I'm being so genuine. Like if you were if we were in the same room right now, you would see that I'm like. I
0: there are should, tears rolling down your cheeks.
1: I'm I'm fully sobbing right now. Um, no, I I. I and so cause, you know when we when you started this uh 200 episodes ago um i was not I was not around i was not your host. I didn't know her I, I don't know her um but we have yeah we've truly been through so much we've had some amazing guests um, how do you feel about 200
0: i feel good i mean i w- honestly it, if i'm being totally real i wish we had more listeners it kind of infuriates me when i see certain mm-hmm. um podcasts out there um getting like a million downloads a day and i'm like i don't think they're better like i just don't and i think that there's like some secret to like marketing your podcast that that no one has taught me um i i love the listeners that we have but i just want to grow faster than we are Um, but other than that i feel great i feel like we've done quality work Um, it's kind of nice knowing that someday when i'm dead and buried there are going to be all these hours, on yes, of your voice, on of my voice, and of like conversations that we had that I think were valuable and fun and important. We we've had some amazing guests that I think really um, their words helped people and they yeah. they they touched people and reached people in some way. And um, you can't ask for more than that after you're dead, really, than to have some kind of record and some kind of legacy left behind. So I do think about that sometimes. Who knows if anyone will be listening, but it's there if they choose to. Of course. And, you know, while we're being morbid,
1: it it, it also – we've gone through as a podcast community, um, you know, we had a a loss of one of our listeners, of Charles.
0: Yeah, Charles from Cornhole. Rest in peace. You know,
1: there's so much life that has been lived um, in this this pod, um, and, you know – So yeah, I think it's a it's a really cool time capsule. I mean I you know that I do not like listening to myself. Unlike you, I'm the complete opposite, but there are certain episodes that I do like to go back to and listen to every once in a while. I like listening Um, to you. Oh, thank you. But I also feel like, you know, in the beginning it was like I was so nervous and I it was just like You know what it it was
0: That's not true. Yeah. I just uh I I was just going through next week's episode which is a lost ass and it happens to be the first time you ever co-hosted and you were great right off the bat. So I don't know what you're talking no about. You really no were. Way. You were a natural. Okay, well,
1: you're very sweet. And I feel I feel though that since that first episode um I've really
0: come into my own a little bit more. You, you know? haven't gotten any better. Oh, okay, great. I'm just kidding. I'm no, you've I completely You've definitely grown. We've all grown. Um, I think we've said enough. I think we've said enough about this. But thank you, listeners, for sticking with me all this time. And hopefully we do 200 more if I live that long. Okay. um... Now, we have breaking news. This isn't even on the rundown. This just crossed the wire today. And it is uh, really sending shockwaves across the gay male community. And it is that OnlyFans has announced that it will no longer allow sexually explicit content. Effective October 1st, 2021, OnlyFans will prohibit the posting of any content containing sexually explicit conduct. In order to ensure the long-term sustainability of the platform and to continue to host an inclusive community of creators and fans, we must evolve our content guidelines. This was a statement the company put out today. Uh, earlier this week OnlyFans had launched OFTV, a free streaming service that does not include any sexual uh, sexually explicit material um, They basically what's happening is they're going corporate and they've got banks and investors that are helping them do this and the banks and investors are like we, we want you to t- take all the porn off of here and just like Tumblr that's going to be the end of the platform because no one tunes into OnlyFans and nobody will tune in for any reason other than to see fucking. <laughs> Just like nobody, by the end, nobody was going on Tumblr for any other reason yeah. than to see fucking. Uh, and Tumblr, when was the last time you heard Tumblr mentioned? Not, not for a while. It's gone the way of Myspace. Yeah. So this is this is a terrible business decision. It's also very cruel to the countless sex workers who literally this is their bread and butter they they are they can't eat without the income that they make on just for fans and yes there are other similar sites like OnlyFans fans and not only fans uh, just for fans and for, for, me, for, for, for my me. fans but you know what i think that the writing's on the wall now you have um x-tube shutting down you have Tumblr taking off all porn, like we just said. OnlyFans taking off all porn. Those other platforms rely on service vendors to do the commerce side of right. it, and you know, like like um, what's his face, Austin Wolf does for my fans. He doesn't run the the tech part of it. He just does like the he's the face of it. He does the the marketing, right. and it's his brand. But but some some company has to. Make that those mechanisms possible for people to subscribe and pay and get have their credit cards charged, and we seem to be heading toward a world where no companies want to be involved in that business anymore. Right. And I and think. It's really, go ahead.
1: Yeah. No, I, 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 just it hurts the sex worker community, like it really, like, it, and it hurts the queer community at large. You know, it just it it fucking infuriates me because yes only fans for many years or at least i mean i don't know i'm trying to remember when i first became aware of only fans like it well opened. it was
0: founded in 2016.
1: okay so but it, i feel like i wasn't really aware of it until a little bit later like maybe 2018 um and it all o- i only knew about it because of porn because of like Twitter and because of, you know, like sex workers being like this, my OnlyFans. Like I didn't know it to be anything else but a place to watch porn. Of course. And that's why I remember like, actually, this is interesting because I remember when Shay Coulee, right after she won All Stars last summer, she like did some sort of collaboration with OnlyFans. And um, it wasn't porn. It was all, like, behind the paywall, like, fashion stuff, you know, like... Yeah, those like those, little fashion.
0: those do exist, but... Of course. But it is largely a...
1: I, I re- no, I know. I'm just saying I remember that being shocking to many people, including myself, because we're thinking, wait, this is... Why is she... This is a porn thing. Right. But now the direction that, that they seem to be moving in is, no, we don't want to be associated, like you said... We want this to be a mainstream thing that is basically just, you know, I mean, it, the whole idea is just exclusive content.
0: Well, according to is. OnlyFans, creators will continue to be allowed to post nudity as long as it is consistent with our acceptable use policy. Um, the site's terms currently allow nudity, except in the case of content featuring public nudity. Remember, that was just a recent right. thing. Uh, recorded in or broadcast from a jurisdiction where public nudity is illegal. They said we'll be sharing more details in the coming days and we will actively support and guide our creators through this change in content guidelines. I really do think this might be the beginning of the end for anything other than studio internet porn. I think that this is big money and big business interests getting together and saying these little guys these these little porn stars are making too much money on their own and we're not getting a piece of it so we're going to put a stop to it i really do i think it's just like shitty greedy capitalism at work
1: well hopefully hopefully um this is the beginning of something else something bigger something better i mean it it, it, i know what you're saying where it's like any because there are other platforms right before my fans
0: the, there, you know, there are, but it's a there. question. The question is, how much longer will they survive before right. before so the those companies say we're not going to host your your site anymore?
1: So I I hope that um, you know because we we our community has always been resourceful, has always been creative. You know, maybe there will be some tech company ran by some you know progressive queer person that is more friendly to people who are trying to make a living uh, as, as sex workers and, and who don't need to feel like their, their livelihoods are not uh, valuable or, you know, whatever. It just feels like this is an opportunity for something else to, be, to come out of this. Let's hope so. Um, and I hope so, yeah.
0: Well, moving on, Ryan, when I say the word Moderna today, what do you think of?
1: Uh, I think of covidina
0: 19 Of course. I myself was the recipient of two Moderna vaccines, and I will soon have a third. Oh. But I'm in f- a, a girl. But oh, you're so basic. Um, oh. But Moderna is back in the news this week and not because of COVID. It is because Moderna is beginning trials of its new HIV vaccine. Oh, my God. This is the first vaccine of its kind to use messenger RNA, uh, which is the same approach that Moderna used effectively in the COVID-19 vaccine. In other words, the development of the COVID-19 vaccine may have led to the development of a vaccine for HIV. The clinical trials start, well, by the time people hear this this podcast, it will have already started. It started on August 19th. It will end sometime around the spring of 2023 there there will be 56 hiv negative participants aged 18 to 56 wouldn't you be excited to be in that study group
1: oh that'd be so cool
0: like they're basically being told to fuck their brains out um hello <laughs> that's not true i just made that up i'm sure they're not being oh. told that but um yeah this is this is this could change the whole game absolutely
1: i mean i know there are people out there that are like, you know, during the pandemic, they were saying things like there's no silver lining, you know, blah, don't don't find the silver lining. It's horrible. But this maybe the silver lining of all silver linings, I mean, if if this vaccine is a result of us having to create this COVID-19 vaccine, then I would say that's that's the silver lining. Right. Like, this is this is absolutely massive
0: uh, i mean and we already I, have any we already have an hiv vaccine of a sort we have oh. prep well right that's essentially a vaccine in pill form but that's something you have to take every single day you can't miss a dose and that adherence is very difficult for right. for a lot of people it's, it's also different. very expensive
1: yes oh my god it's over a
0: thousand dollars a bottle so if this is successful, this vaccine could become widely available and help end an epidemic that has ravaged the globe for over 40 years. So I I wish Moderna great success. I wish those 56 volunteers great success. Yeah. And um, I hope they enjoy Very lots exciting. of bareback sex and uh, remain negative.
1: I really feel like I need to get in on this.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile... <laughs>
1: this horniness to you somehow
0: well meanwhile speaking of prep and hiv meds this is a terrifying story that came out this week my my friend walt alerted me to it uh gilead is warning customers about counterfeit versions of their pills being sold in pharmacies specifically Bictarvi, which is an hiv med and discovi which is used as prep yeah Knockoff versions yeah. of Bictarvi and Discovy have circulated through American pharmacies due to unauthorized distributors. Uh, this is incredibly dangerous, obviously. First of all, you could be taking something that harms you. You don't even know what you're taking. But also, by not getting the real medicine you're supposed to be getting, if you're HIV positive, your viral load could soar and you could start getting opportunistic infections. And if you're on PrEP, you think you're protected against HIV and you're not so you could become infected. So listen it's carefully. If anyone out there takes Biktarvy or Discovy, listen to this. Real Biktarvy tablets, the genuine Biktarvy are purplish brown capsule shaped pills with 9883 on one side and the letters GSI on the other. So once again, if you take Biktarvy, look at your pills right now. They should be purplish brown capsule shaped 9883 on one side GSI on the other Authentic Discovy tablets are blue And rectangular With 225 on one side And GSI on the other Are you checking your Discovy As we speak Ryan? I'm
1: on Truvada
0: Oh look at you, you're old school I
1: went, I'm old school I Actually,
0: Yeah that is old school um, Both medications are sold in 30 count White plastic bottles with white plastic Cops t- Caps, excuse me and Gilead branded labels. If you think you've been given counterfeit Gilead medications, you should immediately report the uh, the medicine to your doctor or pharmacy and call Gilead product quality complaints at 800-445-3235 or Gilead.com This is our first ever recall. The first time we've ever done any kind of like recall on the ass. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: that's. <laughs> wow. Um, No, this was really, really, really scary. Terrifying. um, People are such assholes. I know, but this is also very on trend. I mean, you're also seeing it with people making counterfeit uh, vaccine cards. Like, it's just, there are just bad people out there that are putting others in danger in such huge ways like this. And it's really um, alarming. And we just need to be more mindful of, you know. The, the little things that we don't think anyone could ever um, do, like, like, give, like, you know, to, to, to receive... Our guest
0: today is one of my closest friends, and definitely my closest straight guy friend. He is a San Diego-based stand-up comedian who has toured across the U.S. and has been featured on Hulu's rooftop comedy show and TMZ. So please give a warm-ass welcome to comedian Ryan Shores. Ryan, welcome, welcome from San Diego. Yeah, it's been four long years since I started this podcast, and this is the first time you're on it, and I think that's a crime. I, you know, I, I think it's because
2: I didn't have the ability to have you on my show because I couldn't figure out the technology. You were being vindictive, and you were just paying me back without
0: having me on. I was fucking pissed because Ryan had a a very popular podcast for a while called Degenerate Podcast. You guys were like the number one podcast in San Diego for a while, right? But you never had any guests? You were just uh, shooting the shit? We, uh, we, were, we we could have guests in person, but we never figured
2: out the uh, the, the sound calling when we tried to have people on. It just sounded terrible, and it was, all, it was just a waste of time, so we, we we scrapped doing that. I would have loved to have you on if you were in from, in from New York,
0: though. I know, I understand. Ryan, I think we should start this interview by having you tell my listeners how much I have meant to you in your life. Advice, you know, he's so old. I'm so fucking old, and and Ryan and I first met uh, when I lived in San Diego for two years. I moved out there for a disastrous relationship uh, with with a very good guy. It just we didn't work out. But um, when I got there, I didn't have one comedian friend in the whole city, and someone invited me to perform stand up at this little clothing store in Pacific Beach called uh, the Dirt Bag. And there I met all of these twenty something straight male comedians who took me in and gave me a little bit a little community there. I was this you know thirty eight year old queen from New York. Um, and I literally couldn't get arrested in San Diego. And uh, so there were these very nice young boys, and Ryan was my favorite of all of them, and we got very close.
2: Been very proud of you, but i but I really miss those times when you, uh, you were in
0: my backyard, you know? Uh, literally. <laughs> it, we did sleep together in the same bed several times, yes? Several times, several times. But nothing ever happened, no matter how much Lunesta I gave Ryan, he never gave up the uh, the, the peen or the booty. He, <laughs>
2: Saying,
0: don't worry, I won't tell anyone what happened when you were on Andy. And he would never say, just kidding. He would just stop answering his cell phone after that. Uh, Date rape is funny. So, uh, Ryan, we have a limited amount of time. And as much as I would love to talk to you about stand-up, the primary reason I brought you onto the podcast was because you and your sexy wife, Erin, just went through really a, a... lengthy and traumatic situation involving uh, two tenants that you had living in your house. And I think it's an amazing story and also a cautionary tale for anyone who ever wants to rent out a room. So uh, let's start with the basics. You and Aaron live in an actual house, right? Yes, we live in a, we live in a house in the suburbs of San Diego, a suburb called La Mesa. Um, and we have a
2: fairly big house. Uh, in addition to our room... We also have a guest room, an office, and then a, an additional bedroom that has been sitting unfurnished since uh, my wife's daughter moved out when she was 18. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, honestly, with the r- real estate and rent in San Diego is very expensive. It's, it's no New York City, but it's very expensive. And honestly, every time I walked past this bedroom door with zero furniture in it, I was kicking myself. I'm like, here's this... Here's this thing that could be generating money and, and, and I'm not, I don't even have a, a, a sofa in there, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, we weren't unaffected uh, financially by COVID, um, we
0: still kept our jobs in healthcare, but I lost my second income in standup, which was a very serious income to me. He was, he was paying a lot of our bills. Um, right, hold on one sec, hold on, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to c- uh, reconnect the speaker. I don't mm-hmm. think I'm I have you on the right speaker. I don't normally do this from home, and so this is kind of... All right, say something. Uh, um, can you hear me? That's I- so much better. Okay, sorry, listeners. I hope you were able to hear the early part of this interview. But anyway, go ahead, right where you left off, right? Okay.
2: Uh, so um, I, we weren't unaffected financially by COVID. I, I lost my second income in stand-up, not just performing, um, but the shows I was producing. I was producing four different shows for COVID. And that's a pretty good chunk of change that all just went away, um, but our bills didn't go away. And so uh, by the by a year into COVID, you know, we'd racked up some debt trying to trying to cover that. So um, by March of this year, we were starting to kind of, we weren't we weren't destitute. We still had our house. There was no lien in our house or anything, but we, we could use some extra income. And we decided to
0: rent out that bedroom. Okay, so you rent out that you, you what you put a listing in the, in on the internet or something?
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. We put out a listing in, in all the usual spots, you know, Facebook, Craigslist, all that. Um, and we it, we decided that we wanted to list it for lower than um, uh, listings in our area Cause a, a bedroom uh, in a house our size in our, our area goes for about fourteen to fifteen hundred. Um, we did not want to charge that, but we, what we wanted to do is give it to a younger possibly couple that were just start trying to start out and we listed it for about a thousand. Also, we could have a, a more wide range of applicants right. at a lower price.
0: So you, so you, um, this young couple shows up and it's a, yeah. a, a straight couple, you, yes, not married, no. but, but boyfriend and girlfriend and he's in the military.
2: Correct.
0: Which, I have to um, say, in San Diego is usually a good sign. You know, I worked in military housing, and uh, sailors and soldiers and such tend to be very disciplined people. They, they're used right. to following rules, and they don't, they don't like to fuck shit up because they know that there's serious repercussions if they do. So um, it, it's usually a good idea to rent to a service member.
2: Right. And that's, that, was, that, was, that went into our decision, too, Uh you know, that guaranteed income... And I'm going to tell you, the part where I really screwed up is I was more focused on can these people pay their rent and their bills rather than doing uh, a more in-depth look into who these people were as people than I should have.
0: Right. So they move in, and when is the first sign of trouble?
2: The first sign of trouble is the very first night. My wife and I are sitting in our bedroom we're watching tv and all of a sudden on our we have a very we live in a very quiet dead end street all of a sudden there's there's sirens and flashing going on outside of our window our window faces our front lawn and we look out and I'm like there's there's ambulances here and we 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 walk into our hallway and it's filled with emts and what had happened was um this person who claimed to not really be a big drinker uh, had gotten drunk and walked into a wall and called the ambulance for herself.
0: You're talking about the, um, the girlfriend now, not the man.
2: The girlfriend, yeah. All of the problems you we are about to hear are all the girlfriend.
0: So she got drunk and walked into a wall. Yes. And then called. Um,
2: and, the EM- and the EMTs are saying, You're fine. You don't see any really sign of head trauma. And she's drunkenly demanding to be taken to the hospital.
0: And this is the first night that they're in your home.
2: The very first night. Um, three nights later, the ambulances were back. This time, she thought she was having a heart attack. <laughs> also drunk.
0: And we should so, just mention going forward that every story is going to involve her drinking enormous amounts of alcohol.
2: Yes. And now, and, and, and now, keep in mind that when, she, so when we interviewed her, Um, you know, I said, you know, this isn't a party house. We do like to have an occasional party here, but you know, we're we're in our mid to late thirties. We we have jobs. This isn't a party house. And she says, I don't really drink. I like an occasional glass of wine. All right. (laughs) That was what was, that was what was established. The guy doesn't drink at all. That turned out to be true. And she says, I like an occasional glass of wine after work. Um, so. (laughs) That turned out to be not very true. I, I knew that immediately. So moving past these two ambulance situations, anytime they'd come home, uh, the, the the boyfriend would go into the room. He was an extreme introvert. He would go into his room and start playing video games. She would rush out and rush to us like you know uh, almost like a frenzy. And she'd be like, Do you have anything? Do you have any, do you have any wine? Do you have any beer? Do you have any alcohol? Can I have them? Can I have them? And you know it, it, it became clear that I don't really drink thing was bullshit. Um,
0: but, and you know, that she wasn't willing to buy her own booze.
2: Right. Right. And she was clearly hiding it because if I were not stingy people, I'd say, yeah, I got, I got some beers in the fridge or there's a, counter, there's a bottle of wine on the counter. half yourself. She would gulp down as much as she could, as quick as she could, and then return to the bedroom. So she was clearly hiding it from her boyfriend. So I recognized that right away. Um, but we knew we were in real trouble. Uh, in my house, I have a like I said, I have an office, like a study, and in there I keep a bookcase bar, and it's mainly for company. I don't visit this bar just to drink for myself usually. Um, one night, I had a rare hankering for a gin and tonic, decided to go in there and make myself one, and every single bottle on my bar had been empty, every single one—the whiskey, the vodka, the gin, the tequila—it was gone. Now, how many um,
0: how many bottles total do you think you had?
2: um maybe five and, and
0: what what had don't, how many number uh, of day how many number of days had they been there when you noticed that all were all of that was gone
2: between when she moved in when i found them emptied uh three weeks maybe a month jesus so now that's not the worst part though also in there i had a display of wine that was not for drinking it was wedding wine uh wine from my wedding and just sentimental wine that, that was
0: just it was absolutely not for drinking and more or less you were saving I it you were saving it forever or you were saving it for a special occasion saving most of it saving forever just you know
2: it was just it, it, it was it, it, like i said bottles of wine from my wedding you know what i mean um, a souvenir i don't yeah yeah and in, in in bottles that we my wife and i had bought on vacation that we like the label that like that uh, it was, it was more or less irreplaceable. Um, she had gone through half of those. Jesus. And when we we conf- when I confronted her about this, um, I got an infuriating, like childlike, I don't know. You know what probably happened? A burglar broke in. <laughs> so a burglar broke in, ignored all my valuables, my guitar collection, and just drank some of my wine. Right. That was. That was her version of events. Um, So the theft starts happening. There's clearly an alcohol problem. Um, But the worst part is when this person would drink, she would immediately become abusive to her boyfriend verbally. And our our, our walls are thin, so we can hear everything. She gets one glass of wine and all of a sudden just in the other room, you're like,
1: you piece of shit, fuck you, I'll kill you.
0: You know, So that's (laughs) happening on a nightly basis. And you never hear him, right? He's just silently no. taking it.
2: No, he. I believe him to be on the spectrum. He just he, extreme introvert.
0: Yeah. Broken
2: man. Uh, he, he's he's someone that's caught in an abusive relationship and just doesn't speak. The only thing I hear out of it was him meekly squeak out, "Please stop drinking. Please, you're drunk. Please, don't do this. You do this when you drink. Please don't." Uh, but but more or less nothing more than that. Um. Now at this point we don't know the legality of, what, of how much we can intervene. I mean we're under friends,
0: we're well, their landlords. Let, let's you know? let's back up a little. Um, what Here. what kind of lease had they signed? Was was there a, month to month? Month to month.
2: Yes, it was month to month. We said that we were we were aiming for about a six month tenure and then re-examine after six months. But for my own safety, we we did we did a month to month, and I'm glad I did.
0: And you in that contract, you were able to give them a certain amount of notice and say you're out at the end of this month or, or whatever.
2: 30, yes, 30-day 30 notice. Anything that I did would require a 30-day notice uh, from either side.
0: Thank so God. If they wanted to leave or I wanted them out, 30 days was the, was the time. Okay, so at this point, she's a drunk, she's abusive, she's a thief. Uh, she's yes. called the ambulance twice, and then yes. things get worse. Things get worse. So...
2: We, because, again, we don't know the legality of uh, saying, hey, you're not allowed to argue or something. And, you know, we we, um, we 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 held off too long on pulling the trigger on the 30-day notice. We waited too long, and honestly, I know people that would listen to the story and go, oh, why, why not right then? Because, honestly, when you're a landlord, you don't want to be too hasty about kicking someone out. Because in California, the laws favor the tenants over the landlords
0: right New York, York know, too I, yeah and I didn't I didn't know
2: what kind of trouble I could get into if you know I, I it was if, if this person took me to court so we we kept delaying giving them a 30-day notice and going well maybe that won't happen again. you know we were definitely the type of people going well maybe
1: they'll change right so that's that
2: parts on us um, it got really bad because uh, their arguments started spilling out into the common areas and then onto our front lawn and he this guy would, run, would he would start drinking he would run out into his car and lock the door and she would come out and pound on the hood and demand he get out and fight with her and my neighbors would come outside and this all finally came to a head one night where she literally called the police on herself she was banging on the roof of his car we were standing out there saying please come inside and finally she um Called the police and said, "Help! I'm being abused." The police came. Uh, they arrested her, and uh, she fought them. So she got dragged to jail, kicking and screaming by police. And that's when we decided on a thirty-day notice.
0: Yeah, that, that was that—that uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back.
2: Yes. Once there was police there, and she had to be removed from the premises for, for being abusive to her boyfriend. That was it. So we we served the notice, and that's when things got so much worse.
0: It's just unbelievable that it keeps getting worse because this is already so bad.
2: Yes. Um, Now, we we knew things were going to be awkward when we served a 30-day notice. I mean, we just told a person that we don't want you living in our home anymore. But we were hoping that that, that despite her problem with alcohol, she could at least be civil um, or, you know, at least grasp the fact that we all have to live here for another 30 days from right now. So who wants to be uncomfortable can we just be you know make it some attempt at being friendly right uh that was not on the table she she developed a grudge against us the minute we gave her that 30 day notice and made it her life's mission to make me and my wife's lives a living hell for every second of those uh, of those 30 days um
0: and what did that entail so,
2: well uh, the minute my. Uh, well, the, the worst thing that it entailed was calling the police on us on a weekly basis. <sighs> so my wife and I would be sitting in our bedroom and all of a sudden we'd see uh, police sirens out front. <clears throat> I'd come out and uh, the tenant would be pointing at me going, he threatened me? He, he, he's making me feel unsafe? And I'd and I I'd be like, we've been eating dinner in our bedroom all night, officer. And he, the, luckily the cops knew, but not despite her best efforts. So we would just be... Sitting in a room, and
0: the cops would arrive, and she'd say they threatened me. Um, and, they, and, she's and she's just pu- making this up out of whole cloth. Yes. Yes. And yes. meanwhile, um, you're, you living, you live on this quiet suburban street, and your neighbors are seeing cops arrive over and over and over again, and must be thinking that there's something deeply wrong with you and Aaron to ha- to right. be running this it's, kind of house.
2: They they don't they don't know better. They don't know this is tenants. So they, so now and by quiet suburban street everyone thinks that i live at the jerry springer house <laughs> they,
0: they
2: must they must think that i'm beating on my wife every every week right and she's calling the police on me you know <sighs> so, so i and to this day i haven't been able to clear the air with a lot of them and tell them like i'm sorry about that that was um you know that that, that was tenants Anyways, um during one of these visits um uh, th- from the police the tenant says to the officer, right in front of us, uh, "What's a way where I can get them evicted and get to live here still?"
0: <laughs>
2: and the cops basically are like, "That's not a thing. We don't just award you someone's house. That's right. not how this works at all." That's like Don- that's
0: like Donald Trump thinking he can be reinstated as president. Right. Right.
2: Uh, or, or him saying, "Hey, bleach kills viruses. Why don't we drink that?" Right. Um, so uh, the cops informer no that's not a thing um you're probably thinking of if a married couple both own a house together and one of them beats on the other there could be a protective order and he'd have to stay away from the place he lives but no this that's not how this works and this Nick would just go no that's a thing i know it is um so she had it in her head that if she called the cops enough times uh they'd order us to stay out of our own home she, she somehow got that in her head oh. um the other thing that she would do is when my wife would leave our bedroom and go into the kitchen or something, she would uh, come out of her room and start following her around room to room on a pretend phone call and just be insulting my wife. She'd be it, it's, it's calling her ugly, calling her stupid, uh, calling her a liar. And, you know, her loophole was if my wife would turn and go, hey, you know, be mature She'd go, oh my God! You're eavesdropping on my phone call. That's harassment.
0: I'm calling the police. Uh, and here, this is your home. This is Aaron's this is home. home, and this, this is it, a home it's, we own. Yes. It it really is like that movie. Uh, what is it? Pacific Palisades. Pacific Heights. Pacific. Keaton? Keaton? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 at at some point, you guys must have feared for your own safety.
2: We did. We did. Um, uh, we. Um, <sighs> It wasn't that we feared for her safety, because she was a very small person. Uh, I
0: mean, it, it, yeah, but small people can this. stab you. Small people can shoot you. I mean, you yeah, don't, She was I so volatile.
2: Game, I, we figured out that her game wasn't that she was going to hurt us. She was trying to bait my wife into hurting her so that she could pursue some sort of legal action. Right. So it was clearly trying to bait her, and we could tell.
0: Um, Did you ever have a conversation one-on-one with the husband, or the boyfriend, and just say, like, dude, what the fuck? Yes,
2: absolutely. But he was such a a whipped puppy that he would just say, like, oh, well, I'm not involved.
0: But, like, why is he even I, in that relationship? I'm sorry? Why is he even in that relationship? Was she at least attractive?
2: Yeah, he's a good-looking guy.
0: No, was um, she attractive? No. I mean, what is he getting out of this horrible relationship? It sounds well, like a same, fucking nightmare for same him.
2: Thing, same thing anyone's happened in an abusive relationship's getting out of it. Uh nothing. Right. Okay, but they're but they're trapped. They're emotionally uh trapped in this and they feel there's no way
0: out. That's Co- codependence, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, how many days are they there? When the, the, the real shit starts happening, the calling the cops on you, the following Aaron around the house, like how many days are they there when that happens?
2: Um, that went on for about a full four weeks.
0: Uh, and you, uh, no, I'm sorry, how long, so from the time they moved in to the time they finally moved out, and we're going to get to that part, how long were they there? Three months. Oh my God. And this all started, like the worst of it started what, like a month in, two months in?
2: Um, about, about a month and a half to two months in. Yes. Yeah. So a month and a half is when it started to get really bad and you started to contemplate the 30 day notice. And then after two months, um, that's when we gave the 30 day notice. And then that last 30 days, she felt insulted and slighted by the 30 day notice. And that's when she, she cranked it up to 11.
0: So what do you guys do at that point?
2: So at that point we are, I mean, the cops are showing up every night. She following my wife room to room when we leave our so at this point when we get off work we feel like we're going home to a haunted house uh and so i pick up dinner every night when i finish work we moved an igloo cooler into our bedroom and uh we are literally running into our room locking the door and and just hiding in our room all night you're in, you're um, in
0: a bunker
1: um i'm sorry you're in a bunker yeah
0: Jesus. And and yeah. you guys got a, uh, eventually got a restraining order, right?
2: Uh, yes, so that came later. Um, so, uh, because what's happening now is while we're in there, um, in our room, this, this person finds out that she no longer has her nightly opportunity to harass my wife following her room to room. So she begins standing outside of our bedroom door for hours, screaming through the door at us.
0: This is a horror movie.
2: Uh, so we're sitting in a room trying to watch TV, and she is outside the door yelling, um, basically yelling at us that we're doing the things she's doing. She's in the, she's we're sitting in a room, and she's yelling at the door. You people are toxic. You people are abusive. You people you people threaten me. You gaslight me. You're gaslighting me right now. So, um, uh, and you know, and if Aaron would yell would yell back like, leave us alone. He would call the cops and say, I was just threatened. So, um, at this point, uh, we contact a lawyer friend who advises at first, um, let's not pursue any legal action. You know, they'll be out at the end of the month because that might escalate things. But it became pretty clear to us and her lawyer that she was going to escalate without our participation. So, we finally filed a protective order and that got things to stop.
0: It did. She did stop once you got that.
2: Yes, once he was served by the um, San Diego Sheriff's Department, that's when she realized we weren't fucking around.
0: And she tried to get a restraining order against you two, right?
2: Uh, yes, she tried to do a retaliatory uh, restraining order. And for all her talk about, I'm going to sue, because uh, that's another thing, I-, I wake up every day to text messages saying, I'm suing you. <laughs> um, uh, I-, I have evidence that you've uh, violated the law. Um, I'm very proficient in the law, I'm suing, so I get. So that was another added stress. Every morning I wake up to like 18 drunken text messages from the night before, I'm suing, I have this evidence, I'm, I'm going to take your house, um, but for all that talk, when she went to go file a retaliatory restraining order, she didn't understand paperwork was involved, it was too hard and she left.
0: Right. Yep. You- What's so They're
2: not before demanding a free lawyer which they told her wasn't a thing.
0: <laughs> What's so awful and scary about this is the fact that it's your house and you're essentially being terrorized in it on a daily basis and there's nothing you can do short of what you did which is get a restraining order. Like in other words, you can't have her arrested because first of all you don't want the cops again to come to your home and create more right. of a commotion and two what she's doing is is like it's more of a nuisance than it is criminal you know it's not a crime right. to scream at someone through a door but it at the same time it's torture for you guys and there's yeah. and you have no recourse other than to wait for the for the 30 days to run out that's the part that is right. just so upsetting
2: and in the meantime you know it's one thing if I call the cops, and I say, there's a trespasser here. But, uh, you know, in, in, and this did work in my favor because she was the one calling the cops on us. When it's a roommate, the cops are going to come there, and unless there's blood or bruises on someone, they're going to say he, should, he said, she said, and leave. Right. So, yeah, there's really no recourse uh, for me to do any anything besides file this protective order.
0: So, uh, oh, tell the uh, listeners about the morning you woke up and something was missing from the kitchen cabinet.
2: Uh, Oh, oh, yes. So anyways, uh, once once we realized that we were going to have to um, lock all our alcohol in our um, in our bedroom, in our closet, uh, she no longer had any type of source um, to, to obtain her alcohol. So. Uh, we would while we were hiding in our room, we would hear her just rummaging through cab- cabinets desperately.
0: <laughs> like and, like a gremlin. Huh? Like, like,
2: a-, like a little gremlin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so um I uh, we we would we would hear that and I like I remember this one Friday night, I was, we were like listening to our door, like, what is she doing? And then all of a sudden the next day I came out and there was an empty bottle of cooking sherry uh sitting on my counter and when I say cooking sherry, I mean I'm not saying like Carlo Rossi, I mean like off brand shit I used to make soup twice a year and it was so old the bottle was discolored.
0: <laughs> she drank that and didn't even try to hide the evidence.
2: No, at this point there was no point in hiding it. She it was it was on. She's like if I find if I find mouthwash, I'm drinking it.
0: Right. Alright, so yeah. how does this whole thing end?
2: So it, it all ends um, shortly after uh, we filed the protective order against us and she found out free lawyers don't exist. Um, she had pretty much resigned herself to um, that. She'd lost. They did. They, they found another place. Uh, she knew that we had lawyered up. She tried to claim squatters, rights, um, And so the very last day she made her last ditch Hail Mary in debating Aaron to punch her, because that, that was her whole goal. Right. And in doing so, Aaron kept her composure, um, took a deep breath, and said, you just re- you just violated your restraining order. And this girl realized what she had done. Her eyes went huge, and she ran out of the house, and she stayed away from here for her last three days of tenure. Um, so they did move out. Um, when we went into the area of the house that was there is their bathroom and their uh bedroom she had poured red wine all over the carpet of course um, and she had stuffed things down our sink in order to clog up the lines um but uh yeah we, we got all that repaired by now so and you helped a lot with that uh, thank you again for You know, alerting your fans to uh, my predicament, setting up a little GoFundMe
0: for me. Yes, there is a Go, there's a GoFundMe for uh, Ryan and Aaron, and I will repost it on my social media once this episode airs, because you guys lost, I mean, you were out several thousand dollars.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, Because
0: of this monster.
2: And court costs, and repairs, and uh, uh, yeah, it, we tried to make a little extra money and ended up out a bunch.
0: But you never heard from them again after they moved out?
2: No, no. Uh, we, we went to court to get the uh, restraining order permanent, and she didn't show up. So that was granted. If she even text messes me, she's in trouble. So luckily, no.
0: Jesus Christ. So what, what advice would you give? Having been through this, if there's someone out there who wants to rent out a, a room in their home, what advice would you give them? What do you wish someone had told you?
2: Okay, so the first thing was is um, the, of the mistakes I made, I'd say that my biggest thing is I played I it cheap and I didn't I, I, I was too focused on whether or not this person could pay their, their bills. so I, I was looking into financial statements and, and pay stubs. Um, had I paid the money to get a criminal background check on this woman, I would have seen theft theft. Uh, DUI criminal charge and uh, you know she has she has a criminal record going back to 2013 right so um, so I I would have discovered that early on um, but I played it cheap and also I when we interviewed these people they were as nice as could be they were personable Um, they were cracking jokes with us I I put too much faith in my own ability to read people does that make sense yes um I I, I, I went, no, I got a good good read on these people, and I trusted my gut uh, instead of doing my my due diligence. Um, I I mean, I I got references and stuff, but those can be faked Um, So that's number one. Um, The next thing I'd say is, like I said earlier, um, I waited too long to both uh, give them a 30-day notice, and i waited too long to get a protective order if you think you if you feel you're being harassed and again i was i was worried about retaliation i said if i if i serve this person with a protective order um what's gonna happen is she's gonna she's gonna turn it up to 11. she's gonna get one back at me um and uh she's gonna say i violated it. she's gonna get me arrested i had all these scenarios in my head but ultimately this person was a bully and once the once she was served with papers the harassment stops so if you feel you're being harassed, not just not just in a roommate situation but at, at all if you are being tormented do not wait to file action because if i had done that sooner i could have saved myself a lot of toxicity right um and again uh, th- when she when she went to file one back at me a restraining order to, a restraining order takes all day to file it takes hours to fill out this 80-page packet it takes. Then you have to stand in line, and then they'll, they'll tell you stuff is missing. You have to get out of line. Then you have to wait for it to get approved by a judge, and then you have to take it to the sheriff's office.
0: Right. But if you're
2: being harassed, it, th- that's nothing. Um, and so, if, in, other words, just, in other words, in other words, put
0: put the work in because it's worth it mm-hmm. to have that order of protection.
2: And if you're worried about someone um, filing back at you, uh, if they're not, if you're not really harassing someone, that all that work will not be worth it. Because that's what happened in my case. Right. Uh, you know, there, are pe- there are people vindictive enough to go through it all, but uh, as our lawyer told us, uh, what to stops legal action getting in its tracks 90% of the time, just paperwork, and it, 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 that, that will deter them.
0: And I would say, and I think you already covered this earlier in your story, but I would say at the first sign of trouble, give them a notice. Give them the thirty days. Don't wait yes. for it to get worse. Because, I mean, you guys, I think were are too nice and too forgiving, yes. and you know, to your own credit, I mean, you're you're good people and you, you have sympathy for others. But
2: and there was a lot of sympathy for the whole alcohol thing because, as you know, I, I mean, my wife and I have uh, have uh, had um, you know family members and are, uh, uh, with addiction issues, and you know, I myself have you know have had my share of uh, issues with alcohol so we were sympathetic to that you know right we, in our family in our family a an alcohol problem is something to be pitied you know not judged which, so is we, what, which is what which is what it should be yeah and so so when, when this was happening initially it was like oh this poor girl is struggling with alcohol she clearly has an alcohol problem you know we didn't we didn't demonize her for it and and so in our minds we're like Let's be empathetic to this alcohol problem. And that was a huge mistake.
0: Well, and I think it's safe to say her problems go far beyond alcoholism.
2: Yeah, there were definitely some mental health issues there. You know, and again... In, in, in all our, our, our bleeding heart fashion, we went. Wow, she's also struggling with these mental issues. Support her over again, throw her out in the street. Right. You know that there was a lot of that that went into it that we ended up kicking ourselves
0: for later. But you know what? It's NYP not your problem. She's I mean, not. Right. She's not right, a friend. Yes. She's not a relative. She's not someone who has ever done anything for you. <laughs> you don't owe her a goddamn thing. And and it, when it's your home, which need yeah. needs to be a safe tranquil place for you to live in um it's just not worth it to to try to i mean i i would say just get them the hell out as soon as you can and i'm glad that you you
2: know another thing is that that we wanted to avoid is i've noticed there's a lot of people that like the idea of renting the room a room for money but they don't so much want uh, anyone living in their house i know there's a lot of landlords like that that will charge you full price and they'll, and they'll be like, okay, well, here's all your rules. No drinking, no being here home before uh, night, no having company over. You know, I was like, well, you we shouldn't be renting someone if you have all these rules. And I didn't want to be that guy. So that, that, was, that also made me trigger shy.
0: Right. Right. You yeah. were trying to be the cool landlord.
2: I was. I was. I own that.
0: Well, I am so happy that it's over. Um, I'm so sorry that you guys had to go through it. But, um, you know. The good news is you'll never have to go through it again because you'll never put yourselves in that situation again. Yes. And as Um, I said... Go ahead.
2: For for your listeners um, is also, this is something that I I reflected upon afterwards, question why, if if you're renting a room in your house, you're not just renting out a flat, you're, you're renting out a room in your house, question why this person cannot get a place of their own.
0: Well, yes, but uh, there are many circumstances, particularly after COVID, um, where very hardworking, honest, good people, you know, simply don't have money for sure. housing. Like uh,
2: sure, but, but that's what I'm saying. Question that because they had plenty of money to get their own place.
0: Oh, you're saying why couldn't they get like a an an on approved. the I see. Yes,
2: they, this man was in the was in the military. He could have easily gotten a, a, a one bedroom. But they, were, but they for some reason, uh, could not do that, and, and I didn't question why. They like, had the means to, to rent a one-bedroom apartment here in town, but instead they had to go rent third-party a room, and I didn't question why.
0: Right. Well, uh, thank God she's gone. Uh, again, yes. you can donate to the GoFundMe that I started for Ryan and Aaron. And, Ryan, uh, we're, we're already over time, but uh, okay. this will be fine. The listeners will enjoy the supersized episode. Um, so let's play a quick round of Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Here we go. What's the single gayest thing you've ever done?
2: Huh, I, guess, I guess sleep with you.
0: Yes, correct. Uh, how many times a week do you jerk off?
2: Mm, three. Four. Five. Five. I'm going five.
0: (laughs) Monday through Friday, but not on the weekends. No, no. Not not the Lord's Day. (laughs) Who is the greatest comedian of all time?
2: George Carlin.
0: I agree. Uh, Actually, Richard Pryor and George Carlin. I put them both up there. Uh, Name something you'll never put in your mouth.
2: Mushrooms. Really? Yeah, well... The magic kind are fine, but but
0: but but the, the sauteed ones that you eat for sustenance—oh, count me out. Oh, see, I love them sauteed. I won't eat a raw mushroom, but I think like chicken marsala with cooked mushrooms is delicious. <laughs> no, not for me. Something—it's fungus.
2: Something about it,
0: I can't do. Yeah, a lot of people say that about mushrooms. It reminds them of like earlobes or something. Um, yeah. do you like having your butthole played with?
2: Absolutely.
0: You do? Yes. Yeah. Look at you! uh How how extensive is this play? Does it have you ever taken a toy? I'm
2: I'm pleading the fifth on this one, man. I, you have a you have a large, large audience
0: So that's a yes. That's definitely a yes. Uh, and I commend you. <laughs> We've talked on this show about how straight guys, many straight guys, enjoy butt play, um, but they don't like to talk about it because they're afraid that. It's, people will assume things about their sexuality when in fact it has yeah that's
2: that, that's something that's something that, 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 that most straight guys would be like well if i told them that, that that means i'm gay right and it doesn't yeah,
0: yeah um, it does not. i mean it means you're a little gay but little no I'm, I'm just kidding it's a but very
2: I've, I've, I've never that's never been a secret
0: it's <laughs> it's uh it's an erogenous zone for many men gay and straight um, what's the? F- yeah,
2: I can thank I my wife for, for that one. <laughs> thank
0: you, Aaron. Um, what's the first joke you ever told on stage?
2: Gosh, first joke I ever told. Uh, well, the uh, my first time on stage was in front of my graduating class at San State where I ranted uh, for 20 minutes about how annoying theater majors were and how what a waste of time college was and all the things I should have done instead and then mic dropped and walked off.
0: And did they laugh?
2: I did.
0: Yeah. That's a good bit. Uh, and finally, Ryan, what has been the most exciting day or night of your life so far?
2: Day or night of my life?
0: Most Boy. exciting.
2: Uh, the most exciting. Um. I know I'm going to sound sappy and stupid, but the night I met my wife has got to be the most exciting because I it, it was it's a whole new feeling for me than I, I ever had before. So I know that's I know that's corny, and I know a bunch of your listeners just rolled their eyes and made the jerking off motion. No,
0: like, no, I think people are going to find that very sweet and romantic, and uh, I know your wife, and I totally believe it. You guys are, are yeah. a wonderful couple. I wish you all the best. I thank you for being on the show. How can people follow you online?
2: Uh, you can follow me on uh, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Shores 138 I'm on Instagram at Ryan underscore Shores138, and I'm on Twitter at at Ryan Shores138.
0: Thank you so much for doing the show and telling your story. I wish you guys all the best. I love you, you. bye bye. And I also want to thank uh, Ryan Frostig and uh, JB Bercy for their contributions to this podcast. Especially JB, it's not—it's no fun putting this together. Uh, in pieces which is what I'm having him do so thank you JB thank you Ryan you can follow Ryan at Ryan Frosting across all platforms uh, and you can follow JB at Stocking Anarchy 12 on Insta thank you all so much for listening tune in to next week to hear uh, a, a brand new ass of sorts it is our special Lost Ass from the Past featuring hot straight guy comedians Kevin Israel and Mike Siccoli. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, at Twitter and Insta at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye.